the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, broadcasting live from Millburgers Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road, where it's a beautiful day here. Lots of uh, fluff, little white puffy clouds in the sky. It almost looked like rain a little earlier, but doesn't anymore. There was some gray in those clouds, but now they look okay. And the nursery's full of color. Yeah. And lots of stuff. Where? Okay, there. there let's see. Turn you up just a little bit. But, Who, me? Yeah, just you. Oh. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know why we have such a hard time hearing you. Stop it. You're not making it any better. No, you want to <laughs> lean forward, not back. You should know this by now. But, I've only uh, been doing this for, what, 20 years or something? Maybe. On this station. There we go. Trace is up on the porch with you. Yeah, before that, long time. Yeah. Um, and uh, Drip Steve is up here with us. He there brought us go. some. We got some all the experts. A nice little gift. We won't say because we don't get you one. I, I know beat up ga- with requests or make anybody mad. <laughs> I want to know who gave you that nickname, and do they mean it in a good way or a bad way? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then that doesn't answer the question about the good way or bad yeah. way. I don't know. Probably 10 years ago. About 10 years ago, he was showing me how to make a, a drip hose. For my garden bed with emitters and and so I, I did it for all my gardens <laughs> and that's how I got that name <laughs> and he had a lot of success he was kind of experimenting he was our kind of our man in the field yeah and he he was also the one that I went out to his garden and took some pictures of planting uh, tomato seed and pepper seed in the fall he also took the lead on the tatuma yeah. yeah. And what did he bring out of and this? And he's got the proof. The tuma seeds. Yeah. Which is cool. He said, I can still plant them. So it shall be exciting. Poor tuma seeds. Don't forget <laughs> at, um, at 1 o'clock, too, we've got a very special guest. We're going to talk to Jacob Torres, who is with the Kennedy Space Center. We're going to talk about growing peppers in space, 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 space. I've got a question for him already. What? Just one? <laughs> Maybe just one. What's your question? I want to surprise you, man. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> you better be ready with that button, man. Yeah. yeah. Now, we, we've also, uh, in the paper, we uh, spent some time writing up this uh, ex- this research effort uh, that uh, the Bear, Bear County Audubon yeah. and, well, and our friends at uh, Wild Birds Unlimited are are sponsoring and uh, attempting to determine 
uh, how much damage and where the most occurs and what bird species from excessive lighting uh, in, the, uh, in the evening, in the night, during migration. Well, uh, one, one thing, Glauber's glancing that, at this article. So the hawks can find them, or what? <laughs> huh? No, what? That was a joke. It was a very, uh, very bad joke. Uh, as I was reading over this, or scanning over this article, uh, it says, Volunteers do not need to know how to identify the bird species collected, but they do need to know how to use the Naturalist app on their cell phone and be familiar with the project's protocol. Uh, these are the birds that are flying into the windows and killing themselves. All they have to do is mail the bird dead body into the Audubon Society actually, and have ca- it identified. Actually, they carry it in. There's ass- assemblies and okay, and there's tra- there's training at the at the beginning, and then there's uh, uh, and then there's uh, their divide, territories are divided up, and then there's a me- morning meeting every morning uh, uh, where they review what they take their found. dead birds in. Yeah, so I, thought, it's, it's, I thought he was going to say a bird kebab. Uh, no, no, <laughs> don't help. Yeah, them. they have a cookout. After he doesn't need help after the meeting. That's it. It's pretty, it's a pretty interesting effort. When does but it start? It starts in uh, September seventh, I think. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be able yeah. to be a part of it? No, I'm. I'm probably not going to be a part of it. But the uh, training what, all, what they also they already expect is that San Antonio, for some reason, has much fewer, much less damage. Oh, good. During migration than Houston or. Dallas. Yeah. So there's the amount of light that downtown is. That's and they've got probably, those tall yeah. glass buildings. It could be. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it might be something completely different. It might just be the route yeah. of the, the birds and who comes here and who doesn't. But that'll that, be interesting. That, that'll be a, a real interesting. But you, do you know what bird never flies into those glass buildings? Ostrich. No. Huh? Ostrich, penguin, sparrow. You ever seen a dead spar- a sparrow fly into a window? No, but I have. There you go. Flying sparrows are smart. Does red uh, birds fly into the windows? No, the red birds fight with the windows. Uh, well, if they fight too hard, they kill themselves. Actually, they. Oh, I, oh that, that, that's another topic. But the, 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 the theory, I think, now is that they're just. It's a. Uh, Kind of a competitive thing, and just to flex, yeah, they to flex have, their muscles and exercise. There program. you go, hmm. and then fly under the window and break their necks. But well, we'll have to get a liaison. Is do you know if Kyle's going to do it? Oh, well, I know a number of people could, from his his team there, and the okay, so customers we'll, will we'll do get it. reports as we go. I guess yeah. we'll try to do that. That'll because be because that's one of the places you can get a lot of information. You go to their website, okay, and they'll and, it, and if everybody, if anybody ever sees a sparrow fall, fly into the window and kill itself, let us know. They they do fly into cars and kill themselves. <laughs> well, they can't have that. The car's moving too fast. Uh, <laughs> The window, the sliding glass door of the window just sitting there. I have to admit I have seen. I, <laughs> Somehow my, I don't see Jerry's windows being clean enough. Uh, yeah, hey, 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 hey. I just want to remind everybody that I came up with that idea on how to get the birds identified. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, folks that are though. interested, they get that get that column today yeah. in Express <laughs> News, and also or just go to the uh, Bear uh, Bear County Audubon Center uh, Society website or to our friends at uh, Wild Birds Unlimited. Yeah, and their website uh, well, is sanantonio.wbu.com. <laughs> But could Brett, could they bring the dead birds to up us on the show and you identify? No, it's got it's got to be a uh, a more uh, scientific defined, yeah, defined research. Uh, you know when they when they got the birds, where exactly they got the birds, what time, and all that. They so, can tell us that. Well, if they bring the bird in, Milton will take all the information. Won't you? Uh, no. <laughs> and we get to you get to keep the bird. I, I don't want the bird. On, so on I, a lighter note, we yeah, got some, um, some things in that we haven't had. Good, thank you, Trace. So thank you for jumping in. <laughs> um, Muy grande, yeah. Hibiscus, we got in. I was excited. Ooh. That's and they're that nice the, looking plants. Is that the first? That's the first batch. First Muy grande that you've had in several years. Isn't it? Uh, no, I had those gallons that well, Rob, Rob grew last yeah, but year. They weren't big like these. We see miss. We see a lot, uh, replenishment of miss flower and yeah. also uh, tropical uh, milkweed. So I got <laughs> some more white tropical milkweed in. Hmm. All so, right. Uh, what else did we get? We got some plumeria in one gallons that actually we know what colors they are. <laughs> and so they're reasonably priced as well. Good. Uh, oh, good. Persian Shield. Is yeah, that that's a hard one to find. Somebody was raving about that. Who was that? Well, I think this is my first batch this year, I think. Um, what else did we get? Pink. <laughs> Mexican Bird of Paradise. We got uh, some three gowns. Oh, wow. Okay. Remember that from like two years Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Any got, porter weed? No. That's that's what we got. Steve's got to try try to grow one of the corners of your garden if we if we ever get some, especially that dwarf red. That's mm, pretty. And uh, as I was walking by the butterfly and hummingbird garden out there, yeah, it hurt. The only only thing that the stupid butterflies were on. Yeah, that was milkweed. No, zinnia. 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 Oh. <laughs> now, why did you want had- that kind of ammunition? I do what? Why'd you want to give him that kind of ammunition? <laughs> well, your your staff has done a good job on that certified butterfly. Oh yeah, it looks pretty. Very nice. It was really blooming. They sure spend a lot of time out there. That's it's a tra- <laughs> it's a tra- attractive, and it uh, d- does the job because you can go there and see. You know, we talk about these butterflies flying out in front of us. They're all in the certified butterfly garden plus. Other butterflies too, <laughs> and, and uh, fortunately, or fortunately for y'all, you're not here early in the morning, but that's when they're in, in the most plentiful supply. No, I, I remember uh, coming here trying to pick up something before everybody opened, before our work started, and you so were breaking yeah, in. It, is that no, right? no, 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 there were lots of people. <laughs> this was back before he was married, and we was out. Oh, no, no, no actually night. not. Okay. Oh. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll give you more details later. It was kind of funny. It was a mistake I made, but <laughs> the. Uh, uh huh. Hard to believe, but yeah, you're right. So when everyone, all the staff is kind of coming in, it's quiet. The highway's not as busy, and there are tons of uh, butterflies and stuff. It's it's really pretty. Y'all should do like an early bird 
uh, shopping thing where people can come, just like three people can come in. Oh, Trace is rolling his eyes. That's probably not a good sign, is it? Well, you know, that means I have to wake up early. Oh, no. Never mind, then. And I have to bring other employees. No early bird specials. We already have a 10-hour day. We don't need to make yeah. it an 11. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll just do a, a Millburger cam where people can see all the butterflies or something. We'll, we'll, well we, do, we do mention, I can't remember exactly what it was say about the monarch. I'm sure I mentioned the... Uh, some of the plants that we've talked about. Well, that's why I mentioned that white one because I, I got a, like 10 more of those white yeah. ones. And they're, they're well, actually they're, starting to butt up and, and there's some color showing. They got to be a little they got to be a little careful with this 100, 100 degree heat. Uh, even I've had a little tendency to give w- w- little more water and not let them dry out in between water, but they're milkweed. They don't don't want to be soggy con- constantly soggy. What so, other kind of plants do we do that? Uh, oh, our vinca. Uh, vinca, you know, as invincible as it is in the great with cora, but you don't want to leave it soggy. I was trying to see, what is the weather supposed to be this week? Oh, Nelson told me something bad, like 100 degrees. But I wasn't no, I've got, I just got, according to the government weather site, <laughs> the highs are in, they're near hundreds, but they're like 96, 97, and 98. That's the highest 98. That's the highest on Tuesday. We, we know the government wouldn't lie to us, would it? I heard it's going to cool off soon. Oh, is it? Yeah, I heard something Let's like see. that. Let's see. We already got mums in, so that's, there you go. that's proof. That's it. And and in two weeks, you're predicting, or beginning of September, you're predicting heavy rains? I am. A down, downpour, torrential, <laughs> flooding kind of rain. Well, well you got some wonderful. Almost as accurate, or maybe more accurate than the Sinisa is yes, the. Is the uh, hay delivery. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it always leads to rain. We don't know why. You've yeah. got some spectacular pentas there, too. Those are nice. Okay. Uh, where, do, where do pens? Oh, right the, in front of us. The white and then that, that uh, lavender that we talked about a few weeks ago. There's a replenishment of that. And then plus the, the, the favorite one, the red. Uh, but I don't know. If I had to choose between those three, it would be a tough decision. They're all pretty I, spectacular. I think you should buy one of each. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. No, you told me I couldn't buy one of each. Okay, but that would be <laughs> three. Because there would be a oh, three. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Don't try to. That's escape. right. That is three. You're right. <laughs> and they've still got, as I was walking in, in front of the cash registers outside, some Sinisa left. Mm-hmm. Still got some uh, Larry's. A few Lynn's Legacies, uh, Silverado. I yeah. did. I did get some Desperado in, but they're in one gallon, so uh, they're they're not on, on sale. But is that a patented thing? It's yeah. It's a Greenleaf version of Silverado because. Uh, the way the way they held the patent, they, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's it's their version of the same plant. There you go. Did you uh, did Steve show you his uh, uh, tomatoes? And he's got a yeah. A what is it called when they don't when they're not restricted on their growth? Indeterminate. Oh, yeah, indeterminate versus the determinate. Yeah. Like, uh, I had an argument with one of my. Uh, Volunteers, of course, you know, volunteers are never wrong. And uh, she was telling me that Juliet. <laughs> that's what Je- yeah. that, that's one of his Ju- favorites. Yeah, Juliet was just as dwarf as uh, 968, oh, and wow. uh, so we planted a, we planted some out at the botanical garden. They now, got big. If you like tomato leaves. Yeah, you go. Julie, it's great. 
But what we've got over stout, the Mill Rivers has got uh, celebrities and Tycoon and 968 uh, one gallons. All right. So um, you could you, as we as we've spoken about before, it's time. So I'm not buying any more little ones. I'm only going to do gallon oh, the gallons or or bigger if I can find them. <laughs> and they 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 responded well. I'm surprised. Oh yeah. To the like to I said. In Dr. Stein, uh, Larry Stein's uh, trials this year, uh, uh, the uh, Chris, uh, the the one we made rodeo tomato this year, uh, red snapper. Red, no, no, that was last year. That's oh. last year. That's year. The, the little one that. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> Crystal, uh, uh, Ruby Crush. There you go. I knew it was a crystal of some type. Oh, yeah, I remembered Red Snapper. Yeah. That's actually yeah. one of mine that I did. The fish. I'm not sure we'll ever forget Red Snapper. The fish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like I, I really oh, okay. like the name. Plus, I like the, the plant. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a Didn't cool you catch some Red Snapper? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah they had some earlier. I don't remember. Sometimes more than one at a time. Yeah, that's what I heard. You say you got gallons and a four and a half inch? Uh, yes. Of some of it, yes. Do you remember what the gallons cost? They are six ninety nine. How much? Six ninety nine. Okay, six ninety nine. That's good price. Four and a half inch pots are only two ninety nine. Yes, they are. So uh, if you've waited uh, and you want to catch up with the earlier planted ones, uh, you can get those gallons. And like we said before, they're a lot easier to establish, easier to establish than a peat pot. And oh, we're gosh, yeah, I, I don't think I could go back. Well, <laughs> I, you I guess I would go back because we, for years we relied on them. But well, for years it was the only option. Yeah, <laughs> four and a half inches are so yeah. much easier to deal with, and then and then the one gallons give you so much flexibility. And I always remember who started the one gallon. David David I can't remember who for David that. Rodriguez. Oh, he'll never let you forget. <laughs> Not Jerry, I, David. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have done I wouldn't do it because of the possible loss they 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 can incur, the grower can. He's gonna be here next week. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. right. David is gonna be here next week. We can congratulate him. Oh. On the one thing he's done good while he's been here. <laughs> well David David was at the Milberger uh, Celebration of oh, event yeah. last week. Yeah, he and his wife—they were uh, That's wonderful. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad she gets him out every night. You miss some good food. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. The food was uh, pretty outstanding. And David will be here uh, from uh, let's see, preparing your vegetable garden and or preparing your fall and winter vegetable garden part one. There you go. He's doing a bunch of them. Yeah, from ten to eleven thirty. And how much is this going to cost? It's free. It's free. It's free. You have to reserve what? a spot? Yes, you do. Free adult Uh-oh. seminar at Millburger. Only 39 spots available. Uh-oh. Uh, so how do you want him to reserve? Uh, <laughs> well, email, but that one's technically full. Oh, it is technically so full? The oh. second one has still got openings. But I would encourage people to show up because if somebody doesn't come in for the then seminar, you can, then you can take their seat. Okay. So when is the second one? Is it next month? It's on... Oh, no, September 18th. Is it go. the same topic? Uh, yeah. What well, says part two? 
But I'm sure David will fill you in on what you missed on purpose. He's got. He's That's got, great he, that it's already full. He's got a lot of talk scheduled on here. I, I don't it's know funny. We decided to do it like that for that multiple reasons. I don't know. And an extension agent does that, too. Yeah, I don't know why. I saw it where I saw it, but it was a listing of them. We're, we're trying to limit how many people are in one spot. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, lots of people always say they're coming. Oh, yeah, yeah but they never show up. Yeah, no, I remember. So I, I took everybody's phone number down that does want to do it, and they're going to get a reminder phone call Friday saying, hey, don't forget you signed up for this. And, okay. And we have addresses on those people? No. Just phone numbers? Just phone numbers. Okay. You're going to offer to pick them up? Well, well I'm Trace, thinking if they don't show his, up, we come out there and his, uh, throw a sparrow at the house. interest indicates that you better hide those numbers so that he won't be able to find them. <laughs> those addresses. <laughs> I don't have addresses. <laughs> I have a report on the... Uh, 30 seconds brand, one gallon so how did, how outdoor did, cleaner concentrate. How did that work on the car? Yeah. It, it, my son did it, and he had to, had to do it uh, four times. Oh, my God. And uh, But it got that most of that, I'd say 90% of that uh, tar, the sap that had been on his truck for over a year. And nothing else? Maybe just two years. Yeah, and he quit after the fourth time because he saw some paint Yeah, I, beginning to come off. I can imagine. But it was just a speck. He showed me the way he saw But uh, it did it did the job, and it, sa- it says on a container you can use it on metal. Hmm, but probably not. I don't know. What? Uh, aren't cars metal? Yeah, Jerry's recommendations are purely his <laughs> own, especially in this case. So. <laughs> but anyway, it got... Yeah, it did the job that I wanted to, and I couldn't pass up that price to save 80% off of the jugs and outdoor cleaner. Truck cars are outdoor. Right. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unless I drive them into the garage through the door. I don't, anyway. But anyway, there's still plenty left. Yeah. All right, so listen, we need to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control is uh, happy to be a part of the show, and we're happy to have him as part of the show. Warren Remy frequently calls in. He's uh, part of the two, the family that owns Spider-Man, uh, Termite, and Pest Control. He and Marilyn run it, and they've been doing it since 1976, and they do it well by making sure uh, that they, they treat problems, they're honest with their customers, uh, they... Uh, they, they, they get involved in the sense of it's a consultation-type process. So they're talking to you about the situation, and uh, they're oftentimes, as I say, the last pest control company that you'll use because you'll be so happy with them. So if you're not happy with the people that you're using now or you're looking for a pest control company, uh, you won't go wrong using Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. 210-656-3721. I had to have a talk with them 
because uh, <laughs> my Westies have shown a real interest in the, the rat control and cockroaches right. oh, no. and everything. So the uh, our, our Spider-Man staff person has started to, has included them on the team. All right. Yeah. Well, they go, oh man, they get all excited. The Spider Man's here. Yeah. That's what they were bred. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, rodents and badgers and things that's like cool. That West. All right. It's Are they going to go on other jobs or just the ones at your no, house? No, they they just they're they're content with the two acres. Okay. Well, not every dog is ca- is capable of being on the Spider-Man team, so they're very p- particular, I know. So that's congratulations on your Westies. You can check them out online at GoSpiderManPest.com, GoSpiderManPest.com. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. James is on the line. Hey there, James. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I got all my chores done, and I'm uh, in here resting at the air conditioner on. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. It's not too bad on the porch. We got the fans going, so it's a it's a nice breeze, and the sun's not beating down on us just yet. So we're okay. Well, that's great. Are those fans hitting you, uh, Jerry? It should be. Yeah. And, uh, I call I call with a question. All right. Um. Are you going to have a big tomato contest next year in June? Now, who in the hell can know that? We may be dead by next June. I, I think they're planning on going back to it once everything settles down with all the COVID stuff. So I think that's the plan. Just right now, they they couldn't do it when they normally would have done no, it. So, uh-huh. so I, I believe that's the plan. But as we get closer, we will tell you. Don't ask us about the future, James. Well, but we we well, we know at we know at least that's right, yeah. We know at least that they're re, they're restoring the education program. Yeah, so we can talk about the past and that, and I do know they wanted to do it this year but couldn't. Um, just they didn't do festival flowers. No, there was no yeah, festival of flowers either. Okay, I got a uh, comment. Uh oh, we're not taking any comments unless they're good. Start growing broccolis and cabbages and cauliflowers and all that happy stuff. Um, we sow about every two weeks, starting the first of August. So uh, this is going to be the second round of broccoli. I think I'm going to put a few cauliflowers in there. Uh, but we've been growing a, a variety of cauliflower called the Denali, and last year we got. Uh, no 10-pounders, but a lot of 9-pound uh, cauliflowers with that variety. And I think I'm going to start a few tomorrow. But Yeah, do you, do you sell them as, <laughs> as that big a cauliflower, and do people want that big a cauliflower? Yes, well, they do. Uh, and they go they use a wheelbarrow to move them. No, yeah. Anywhere from 7 to, to, to $9 when they get that big. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we got customers for them. Uh, you sell you sell them by the pound? No, just by the monster cauliflower. Oh, okay. When the cauliflower okay. lovers see that big sucker, man, they can't resist it. <laughs> okay. There are That's some, a, some uh, cooks that prefer the 
smaller. I know my wife. Oh, yeah. And and, and Jerry and I have talked about this before, but she also, like on the broccoli, she likes those secondary (laughs) shoots much better than she likes the primary shoots. And it's kind of the... Unless she has to go out and harvest those shoots. Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as I'm going... (laughs) I guess she's got a boy. You said that, Calvin, because we grow a variety called Arcadia. The seed's kind of hard to get. And uh, we, we cut the... The main head early, so it'll go to side shoot. And re- you remember last year when it got so cold? Yeah. Well, that was the only thing that killed the 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 oh. Arcadia broccoli's were really coming in. They were producing just really a lot of side shoots, and then nine degrees came and no more broccoli. But that's a real good variety for uh, side shoot production. And that's what we're into in the cooler part of the year uh, yeah. on the side shoots. What, what do you think the, the side shoot is it? Uh, you know, I would think it would be for uh, salads and things yeah. like that. But actually, my, my wife, it's in a, r- recipes. But well, I, It's usually for older people that can't chew real well. can't chew, yeah, like... Uh, no, 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 no. But I think yeah. people use it. <laughs> some people prefer it even for the recipes. I guess they, the the stock and the the buds together. Are, it, of course, I like broccoli anyway. But <laughs> yeah. That Arcadia is a real it. good variety for the side shoots, but I, I got one question about uh, Brussels sprout. I've been told by the master gardeners that Jade Cross is the one to grow in this part of the country, uh, Bear County and Guadalupe County. It's an 80-day uh, Brussels. Uh, what is the reason for uh, growing such an early maturing variety uh, of Brussels sprouts? Well, there's, there's no good reason to grow Brussels sprouts. But... Uh that was a joke, man. I know. <laughs> but but uh, all the Brussels sprout lovers out there the, are, are signed. The regular Brussels sprouts, uh, you plant them in the fall, they go through the winter, and then they start making little sprouts in the spring, like in February and March. And you can't, you kind of get a lot of sprouts all at once. I, I tell oh, you, I, yeah. I, I, I like the, the variety we use so you can start with a... Bottles, yeah. Mature early, and then you just have, even if you just have a few, and and you have uh, over a longer season. Yeah. That's why I like them, but. Uh, so that's the well, reason the, the, for the 80 day Jade Cross variety? So you can start re- sooner on it? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, they're a long maturing crop. If you look up uh, how long it takes a Brussels sprout to mature, uh, sometimes it, you get... It takes a long time. Yeah, you you finally some, harvesting them when yeah, the broccoli's some, all done. And and by the time, a lot of time, by the time you get ready to harvest the Brussels sprouts, uh, you've got a aphid population, big time. But uh, that that one is good. Uh, in fact, uh, John Fanick introduced me to those things. I got some pictures on slides, of course. Of uh, some that he grew over and, there, and did you put? Was it part of your diet after John introduced no, it? No, that's when I had. I was uh, 
coming back from recovering from Crohn's disease. They brought me a, a, a deal of uh, a recipe of, in, of vegetables that I should not eat or should not eat. Right. And Brussels sprouts was on that list. Should not eat Brussels sprouts or any any cabbage like that. Mess your intestines. Yeah, if you have Crohn's. Yeah. How about those cactus that Paul used to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had Crohn's too. No, I didn't but know that. Any, Well, he had every digestive uh, <laughs> problem you could ever have. But anyway, uh, I assured uh, the nutritionists that came by that from that moment on, since he showed me you that would day, never have Brussels I'll sprouts. never eat those Brussels sprouts again. Of course, well, I, I'll I didn't mention that I never had eaten them before. There you go, James. <laughs> but it, anyway, if you, if you like the taste of Brussels sprouts... Uh, grow some cabbage because Brussels sprouts are a cabbage that didn't make it. Hmm. They're little cabbages. Have you answered James's question? What did he say? James, is your well, question been answered? Know, well, uh, why, why an 80-day Brussels sprout when you can get them all the way up to you know, 120 days? And I was just wondering. Well, well like I said, uh, the uh, sometimes... Depending on the on the winter, the for winter those of us winter. that like to have them are fast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes they don't make uh, make enough brushes. They don't make enough sprouts uh, before the spring weather gets hot. Now, when the weather gets hot in the spring, they break bro- bro- break open. They don't make the little tight, compact. Get uh, hard sprouts. to harvest too. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we'll give those jade cross a try and see how they... Yeah, they're, they're good. That's the one that, uh, like I said, John Fanick liked. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, James. We'll announce whenever the... Uh, when they announce when the tomato contest is, we'll announce it here, too. That's great. All right. Thanks. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll-free, it's 866-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. And uh, we want to uh, encourage you to be here around 1 o'clock. We're going to talk with uh, Jacob Torres, who is with uh, the Kennedy Space Center. They are on the... Uh, is that when his uh, satellite goes right, right by us so he can... Yeah, he, he's going to just jump. And oh, there you go. Wait a minute. He's on the, uh, so what, that's the space center. The other one is the space, uh, what's the one in space now? I'm blanking. Uh, the young, private one? Private no, one? no, no, it's NASA's thing. They're, oh. they're growing it on, they're growing the uh, hatch peppers on the, uh, oh, it'll come shuttle? to Shuttle? No. Shuttle. Anyway, the space station. Thank you, There Barry. you go. So. Uh, but the Russians. Are they? They're working with the Russians on the... On the uh... One of the space stations. Okay. We'll find out from him. But anyway, the um, we'll talk to him about the challenges, the whys, and the what's happening, and all the challenges they have uh, with doing it. Because, you know, if you can grow hatch peppers in space, maybe I can grow them. This is no. all about me. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevard Road on 930 AM. The Answer.
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. The number to call, 210-308-8867. Total free, it's 866-308-8867. I want to get that number for you again. Uh, not the number, but the uh, website again uh, for the Wild Birds Unlimited. Uh, because it shouldn't surprise you that Wild Birds Unlimited is involved in some of these projects that are happening around town. They're big supporters of Mitchell Lake, uh, big supporters of anything that has to do with nature and birds in San Antonio. Uh, they're located on Hebner Road in uh, Northwest Military. Kyle and the gang will help you to uh, figure out what you want to do and make it happen at your home. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, they're probably They've been doing this now. Gosh, I'm trying to think now. It's probably been about almost 20 years that they've been doing it, if not about that long, with Bill opening up the store. I'll have to ask Kyle how many years they've been doing it. Uh, but they've got customers who have been with them the whole time because when they go over there at Northwest Military and Hebner Road, they get great service and they're treated. I know this is said cliche-ish, but they are. They really are treated like family. It's become trite and cliche, but they are. Uh, you'll see it as soon as you go over there. So go by and visit with them. Or here's the website, San Antonio. .wbu, Wild Birds Unlimited, sanantonio.wbu.com, sanantonio.wbu.com. It's a good place to go, too, if you want to check out that research project we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it tells you a little bit of more, more of the uh, specifics of uh, what's involved and what we're trying to learn and... Uh, uh, some of you, some of you, I think, will really find it interesting. Yeah, it's, it sounds interesting. And it's kind of cool to be a part of a bigger thing, too. Their phone number, 210-479-BIRD. Joe is on the line. He's got a Montgomery Oak issue. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? All right. Montgomery. What did I say? Monterey Oak. Okay. Yeah. Monterey Oak. I uh, planted this thing about five, six years ago, and it's been going, growing great. Now about 20 feet tall, about, uh, I guess, 10 inches or a little better at the bottom. And it gets a lot of leaves in the spring when it comes out. Then, like about three weeks ago, it happens almost every year, the leaves start getting oh, a lot of little brown spots all over them, and they, be- and they begin to fall off. I've uh, treated the thing with uh, Pertolone systemic fungicide for trees and plants, sprayed the top and the ground, cleaned up the leaves, but stuff keeps coming back, and I'm kind of at my wit's end as to what I need to do with it. Yeah, how many spots on the leaves up here? They can can be uh, 50 or 100 on some of them. I mean, it's just... Tremendous amount of little spots. Uh, is it? Are there other trees around that oak? Yeah, there's a Schumann oak across the driveway, about 25 feet, but it's healthy as it can be. <coughs> okay. It doesn't doesn't show that that symptom. No, no. no I uh, <laughs> the. Uh, is it mainly on one side of the tree, or is it evenly distributed uh, all, all, all the around? And kind of like it's starts okay, to that, the top down. Okay, I've got uh, a similar thing on my uh, uh, Shamardi oak. Yes. 
and uh, it, uh, it's only on one side <laughs> uh, where it gets shaded. Yeah. And it usually occurs in the spring, early spring, uh, right after the leaves come on. And uh, when it gets warmer, hotter, uh, the, the symptoms go away, but the damage on the leaves are, it's a stage, of course, because the leaf is permanently damaged, and most of the time those fall off. But yeah. it's, it's only a maybe, maybe 10% of the leaves on that 40-foot uh, shoemark. It's it's easy to... Now, that's one of the reasons why we, when we make recommendations, we have a list of recommended varieties, trees that survive whatever our conditions are, because just... Your, the shamardi in your yard is not affected. It no, is in Jerry's. It's, envi- it's more environmental yeah. affected. So, you know, I would I would be inclined just to let your uh, Monterey oak, uh, you know, you can try spraying a little earlier, but uh, I, I don't think it. I don't think you'll have great luck. But the good news is the Monterey oak is going to survive yeah. and prosper and. Despite showing that symptom, and uh, it might be ten yards, and only one yard will have that damage. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, to you know it. what? You know what they call that disease? Yeah. Shimardi leaf oh. spot. Yeah. Well, hmm. I've, I've looked at But I. But the I have one to, in my yard. They call. I have to. I have to admit that the. Uh, in my experience, the the Monterey oaks have a little t- uh, more of a tendency to do, have leaf uh, d- drops than than a lot of the varieties. That's now, true. of course, they're not anywhere near bur oak, yeah. but they're, they're but they'll uh, show that kind of symptom. Well, so this, one, oak. this one drops about twenty percent better. Oh, and it comes out it comes out beautiful in the spring and gets a. You know, full full leaves, and, and actually now there's some more healthy leaves coming out. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that that's as close to a live oak <laughs> as we can get. That Shimardi is. I mean the uh, Monterey. Monterey is. That's a great tree. Yeah, uh, well, there's a lot where, of leaves where, to make up. Where do you leave? Where do you live? I'm sorry. I live in Fair Oaks. The ground is uh, pretty rocky. Pretty. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The uh, any type of other tree would probably be dead by now <laughs> in that rock. But uh, yeah. that that's a pretty tough tree. I don't think we recommend any fungicide to to treat. How, how tall is a tree? It's about uh, 20 feet now at the very top. It's. Ten, in, ten inches in diameter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's big enough. Yeah, the, the leaf drop's not going to hurt it, hurt the tree. It's just going to bother you. And yeah. I don't know of any uh, reliable spray to put on a tree that big that will stop that uh, leaf spot. Yeah, well, do you know? Do you notice it's worse on the, on rainy springs or early summers? Uh, no, it's that same person that didn't pick him up last time that we've okay. performed now. 
It's just oh, regular. No. Yeah, it's not the same. Of, it's after it comes out a while and in the, like it happened, started about three weeks ago. Yeah. We did have some rain, but. Yeah. Uh, they're usually high humidities or rainfall aggravates it. I wonder why it's doing that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we've humid- had quite a bit of rain. Our humidity is pretty humid. high. And thre- okay, uh, so we're talking about it. All right, much. sounds good. It always looks worse during the summer than any other time of the year. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, well, thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Hope we have right. Thank you. Good luck. All right, 210-308-8867. We've got lines open now, so call us right now. Get it before 1 o'clock, 210-308-8867. Now, you know what we could have recommended? That he wanted to spray something, you know, yeah, to make it go away. We could have recommended some of these snake oils, not to mention Medina, uh, and some of the things to spray the tree with. And if you do that now, the de- the uh, symptoms will go away because the leaves are going to fall off, Milton. Oh, okay. I, w- oh. I was trying to go a little di- different. I was thinking about something spraying something to make the leaves fall off. Uh, oh, <laughs> you were really going to solve yeah. the problem. Well, no, my uh, you know, tree leaf back out again. So I'm, I'm not sure where my mind was going, but no. I know certain <laughs> copper products, if you spray them the wrong time of year, it could cause the leaves to all fall off. Yeah, so that might be, well, that would that, sure, sure sure look like you addressed the, uh, yeah. the disease. Yeah, but and if the leaves all fall off and you clean it up, theoretically, when it leaves back out, it won't have it. There you go. Well, Trace, what else is going on? We got you back. Um, did well, we, we talk about anything else that uh, we talked about? Some of the new stuff that we had yeah. before. So I, I was happy. So how big are the? Moy Grand. They're in three-gallon containers. They're yeah. $29.99, and there's buds on them, and there were some blooms open this morning. Yeah, oh, good. Sure was, uh, uh, when I came the, by them, there were three or four. Granted, they're probably yeah. only about 12 to 14 inches across, but they can probably be considerably more than that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and as you said before, these are hard to come by. Oh, yeah. First batch of the year. Wow. <laughs> Maybe the only batch of the year. Yeah. yeah. So if you've been wanting one, now's the time to get over here. Yes, uh, I would be amiss to not mention that is the reddest uh, flower I've ever seen on a penta. Penta. Have you ever seen one that red, Calvin? Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was it, mo- it, more uh, struck by that lavender. That it's such a improved lavender too. The red, the red and pentas are is generally pretty spectacular. Yeah, but they even that white, wow! All those together—that's another thing. That red and the white together really look good. Now, Milton, don't, don't you see a little? See, it's not bright red. But it looks like it's got a kind of crimson red. Yeah, crimson I think it red. might be crimson. <laughs> Or maroon? No, 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 crimson. There's nothing maroon about that. Other yeah, than that's the, just some a, of the blooms that have gone. Deep red, yeah. It's kind of a blood red. red. I think we'll stick with crimson. Okay. <laughs> is it the compromise is crimson? That's a beautiful thing, though. And it's full of blooms. Every plant there is full of blooms. And it, it's a good plant to plant in the shade in the on your patio. Oh yeah. Right now, mine have done really well this summer. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, the other thing that uh, we talked about is the uh, firebush. We're ta- we talk about the uh, hummingbirds will be here. The migrants will be here next month. And they'll be, if you got a firebush in a container, you can just get, you just pick them up here at Millburgers. They're in bloom. Put them on there. They're instantly competitive. I mean, the, the, I've got uh, I've got some more of the regular one coming, but I also have the dwarf one coming this next week that uh, lends itself even better to pots. Yeah, Say, if you're going to have immediate impact from them, you want them with the blooms on there, and you can worry about planting them in a bigger container uh, after after that fall migration period. Mm-hmm. But you won't go wrong if you uh, put a nice uh, full blooming. Firebush out there. <laughs> the monarchs and queens are back on our uh, milkweed over there. That pretty one that we like. And uh, they've been on that for the last three or four weekends. Yeah, they were on the white ones this morning. Right. Oh, is that right? Huh. That's how I knew I got them in because I saw the butterflies oh. and then I saw, what is that? It looks like you got more uh, Greg, uh, uh, Greg's Miss Flower. Yeah, they did, yeah. But anyway, yeah. But uh, I gotta ask you, Trace. Do you have? Uh, I, I'm seeing a, a very big similarity in uh, recommendations from Calvin and Neil Sperry. I don't know who came first. Did, did they coordinate or? I don't know. And you know, I've been too embarrassed to ask. You know how I get embarrassed. Very easily. We can't hear you. <laughs> that may be a good thing. Yeah. It may be. Oh, oh, where he's heading now, it might oh, be. Oh, okay. Kevin, Kevin writes, this week in the garden, every season brings a new crop of weeds. If you select the right pre-emergent herbicide, quite often you can prevent germination of many of them. Use a maize, dimension, or XL before the end of August. And who wrote that? Uh, that was Calvin. Okay, so uh, the, Cal- Calvin, we need to talk about pre-emergence. Uh oh. Well, I got, I did get some response from folks saying it's harder than heck to find the amaze, which yeah. Trace just mentioned. <laughs> but they, uh, they were able to find the dimension. Yeah. So dimension still exists. Amaze only exists at Millburgers. All right. Oh, okay. Because you know me, I, right. I, I hoard stuff. <laughs> so I have uh, probably this. Fo- Probably just this fall's amount of amaze. There is no such thing as L- XL2G anymore. Oh. Is what? There's, oh. It doesn't exist. What, XL? XL2G. And then there's gallery. Oh, yeah. Which is Let's like the old green that. light portrait. And I talked to David this last week. <laughs> Sometimes that's dangerous, but I, yeah. I asked him what he thought about There's a new product on the market. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but we'll talk about it later. Um, that is a combination of dimension and gallery already in the same bag. Hmm. What's all the, right? What's the gallery target? Broadleaf weeds. That's the same as the old green light portrait. Oh. So you you get heavy into the grasses with the dimension, and you get heavy into the broadleaf with the gallery. And what's it called? Ever something. I I'll I'll, I'll look it up here real quick. Okay. It's on my phone. Well, then you go over to. Uh, Neil's write up, mm-hmm. and he said, "Time for application of pre-emergent gran- granules to prevent winter weeds is approaching rapidly. Apply dimension, 
halts, bailing granules between August 25th and Labor Day. But don't apply it if you want to keep your annual bluegrass. Oh, I don't think Neil says that, does he? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break while we do. Uh, Be sure to come back at 1 o'clock. Hopefully, Jacob Torres will be here. We'll talk about growing peppers on the space station. What's involved? Why are they growing hatch peppers rather than Rio Grande gold? And uh, more right after this. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867 is our number. But hang on the line a second. Hang on before you call in. Or if you call in, we'll put you on hold because we're going to have a special guest right now. Jacob Torres is our guest. He is with the uh, Kennedy Space Center. And uh, with uh, we've been talking about a little bit. I've been teasing it, uh, Jacob, talking about uh, you're helping to to uh, figure out how, and I think you've been successful growing hatch peppers on the, uh, the space center uh, or the space station or in space. And um, I want to—I I got a lot of questions. The guys will chime in with questions too. And then I'd like you at the end to tell your story because it's actually a, a rather inspiring story too. How you doing, Jacob? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me. And he's an Aggie, but a different Aggie. What? He's a New Mexican Aggie. A New Mexican University Aggie. You guys are our sister school. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like a, we're like a brother to him or sister to him or something. Do they they have (laughs) Aggie jokes in New Mexico? Yeah, do they have Aggie jokes in New Mexico, Jacob? Tons of Aggie jokes. (laughs) Oh, is that right? Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, give us an overview of the project, then we'll start asking questions. What are you doing? Sure. So, uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, my name is my name is Jacob Torres, and I'm an engineering plant scientist at Kennedy Space Center. Um, my my team is working to grow crops in space and on deep space missions, maybe later on the moon and Mars, to supplement astronauts' diets as they do their thing. And uh, we learned that that if we're going to do deep space exploration, that that the astronauts will need some fresh food along the way. Um, there are like uh, nutrients and vitamins that degrade over time in the prepackaged meals that we send. And NASA had a problem with how do we make those calories up? And a good way to do that would be to grow crops. So uh, we started to explore growing plants in space. What does it take to grow a plant without gravity and in a controlled environment? Uh, so we were able to get funding to send two systems up to the International Space Station. One is called Veggie. Um, and the second one is the advanced plant habitat. And currently in the advanced plant habitat, uh, we're doing an experiment called PH04. PH stands for plant habitat. And 04 okay. is the fourth experiment that we've done in it. And uh, in there, we are growing peppers to uh, see if we can 
grow a flowering plant and eventually grow fruit. I know that uh, zinnias, because we talk about butterflies, and Calvin, uh, who's on the right-hand side of your radio, Dr. Calvin Finch, always is a, is a big advocate of zinnias. They were one of the first ones that you tried. Is that right? Yes. You know, one of the first ones that we tried was uh, leafy greens. We grew leafy greens of different types in veggie, um, things that don't require pollination and have a short grow period. So maybe, uh, maybe two weeks to 28 days. Regis lettuce is one of the first things that we grew. Um, and we've done pretty well. We've done really well with plants that didn't need pollination, something that requires, that is a pick and eat type of thing. Um, but we know that if you're going to supplement a diet, that you would have to have a variety of crops to make that, that deficit up. And that includes, you know, growing fruit and vegetables eventually and maybe other things like wheat and flour. Um, so along the way, we realized, well, we're going to have to grow flowers. And the zinnias were a good test to try out because uh, they don't require pollination, at least for the first round of petals. Um, and... Uh, so the space zinnias were just an amazing thing, and that was an indication that maybe we can try growing a plant, a self-pollinating plant that could fruit, and uh, that would expand the amount of crops that we were able to grow for the astronauts. Well, I'm sure you must have grown rutabagas at some point. <laughs> oh, Calvin's also from Minnesota and a big fan of rutabagas. If Calvin could get rutabagas in space, he could be a happy, happy yeah. man. So he's... Okay. he's, he's He's going to try for that one. Um, so how did the hatch pepper get chosen? Uh, I know, I, I think I know a little bit, but I'll, I'll let you explain. Sure, sure. Well, uh, I did mention that I, I think I didn't mention yet, but I was born and raised in New Mexico, you know, so of course hatch is in New Mexico. And when you start talking about growing a pepper in space, everybody in the team says, hey, my pepper should be the one to grow. Like, we have a lot of uh, team members yep. from Carolina, so we thought that the, North, the Carolina Reaper should be the pepper yeah. to grow in space. You no, know, who's going to eat that? Right. You know, there, the, another that would sure cut there. down the <laughs> astronauts. Like. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there was a variety of peppers for us to, to select from. And in the end, we had to turn it into a scientific process to determine which pepper is the one that would grow in our specific environment. And, and it just happened to be turn out your favorite, huh? No. <laughs> well, it's a, um, it's a happy coincidence. Me, I, it is a happy coincidence. I do have to say that I joined the team as an intern after they started exploring the peppers, and I just happened to be from New Mexico. But uh, it was very exciting that after we did our crop selection, we down-selected, we put our peppers through all the torture that they would experience in space, in controlled environments here at Kennedy Space Center, and uh, in the end, a few peppers worked out really well. One of them was the Bulgarian carrot. The Bulgarian carrot grew very well in our condition, um, and the same as with the New Mexico varieties, especially the hatch. But in the end, it came down to other factors, um, like okay. the in the pepper. You know, uh, like the Bulgarian carrot is it's a very hot pepper. It's up in the 20,000 Scoville, and that would be considered a hazard if it exploded in space and the astronauts got it in their eyes or something. Oh. You know? huh. So uh, um, it turns out that the New Mexico peppers grew well in our environment. They did really good in through the torture that we put them through. And then they're technically classified as a sweet pepper, uh, um, even though they do have some heat. But they range from... 
2,000 to 5,000 Scoville, which is a moderate level. And, and if the astronauts do get to heat, heat them, they'll get some heat out of it, but it won't be just so intense. Well, in our experience, uh, it's, it's pretty predictable that a hot pepper would be one of those that survived yeah. the best because we, you know, we talk a lot about, well, the tomatoes are declining, but the peppers are going strong through this tough weather. So hatch peppers do not need pollination? Um, these particular ones, they do require pollination. Uh, but wow. the way that they so, work is uh, that uh, you just need to tap the flower to shake the pollination out, and, and that pollinates them. So in this case, it doesn't require transferring pollen from one flower to another. Um, we're able to have an astronaut shake the flower or in this case to save on crew time we've been ramping the fan up and down and that's that's shaking the flower and then creating the pollination mechanical movement that we need Uh, we've been successful with that here on on earth Um, we're currently not at that point with our space peppers yet we're at day 42 we're starting to see some flower buds uh, but we haven't seen flowers yet, and so that part is yet to come. And uh, hopefully what worked on the ground will also work in space as well. So no one has to dress up in a big bee costume and just kind of trick them. And <laughs> <laughs> are, these things grown, are these things grown in a greenhouse environment where the humidity is high? Yes. Yeah, so we're so lucky that we have the advanced plant habitat, and it's, approximately the size of a small refrigerator or maybe a microwave it's 40 centimeters tall and 40 centimeters wide so it's about 40 centimeters cubed and uh it's not a very big space and in in, inside it has a science carrier which holds growth media and then time release fertilizer Uh, we place some wicks into that growth media and glue the seeds onto the wicks here on earth then we'll launch it up the crew adds it into the uh, advanced plant habitat, and then we're able to control the irrigation and moisture levels from here on Earth. But it also controls the environment, temperature, humidity, CO2, um, and other things that we need to grow the plants. And in the end, we set that environment to uh, match whatever plant we happen to be growing at that time, and in this case, it's a pepper. And so we set the environment for, for our peppers. And also we have a lighting bank where we can manipulate or, or make specific light recipes uh, that work for the crop that we're growing. You're, go ahead. No, no, I was going to tell folks our guest today is with the Kennedy Space Center talking about, uh, what is the project's name again? Jacob? Um, Jacob called, Torres is our guest. Called, sure, it's called PHO4, and the title of it is, is Hatch to ISS. Okay, and uh, talking about uh, the growing of the hatch peppers and other things in space and some of the challenges. And uh, did you have another question, Jerry? Is there yeah, a website? Just, yeah, well, it, Jacob, so in case we lose people, too, is there a website they go to, or is there a Facebook page? This was kind of cool. I think, I think I saw, when I Googled your name, I saw a Facebook page. Sure, sure. You, you know, um, because I am from New Mexico, um, I just had a real passion to share this work that that we're doing with the world. And especially during the pandemic, we lost some of the interfacing that we would normally have. And so on my free time, uh, when I'm at home, you know, not associated with NASA, I had started a a group called the Space Chili Grow a Pepper Plant Challenge. And there I post updates about the mission, but also we, uh, we bring in 
citizen farmers, anybody who would like to participate, to grow a pepper plant at home to help us learn what it takes to grow a pepper plant in a controlled environment. And so there is the Facebook page there. It's something that I do on my free time, and it's something where I do give status updates, and then we all grow peppers together for science. Surely they would welcome the rutabaga club. Yeah, Jacob, you can just kind of move past the rutabagas. He won't get over it, I promise you. I'm sorry. And then is there a website, too? So in general, there isn't a website, but what NASA does is they put regular updates out on the mission. You can find them on social media like Twitter and Facebook, and you just Google PHO4 or hatch to ISS, and you'll get the updates that NASA sends out. And then my group page is just the Space Chili Challenge. You can put that in the search bar, and it will pull up the group, and everybody's welcome to join in. And if you would like seeds, just send an email out to me, and I'll mail seeds to you, and you help me with my research. Okay. Can we mail him some Rio Grande gold peppers? I was wondering, can we do our own kind of pepper? Yeah. or patine. Jerry's got some unique peppers in his refrigerator that I really like, and uh, they're 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 a mild, almost bell peppery thing, but they're very small. We don't know the nutrition. They're they're see, he's excited. They're like jalapeno size. We are going to put Rio Grande gold in space, Jerry. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I want to know when you're growing all these hot peppers for the astronauts, are you having to modify the uh, restroom facility? <laughs> Because <laughs> you, you know there is, there is a, 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 a conditions that uh, we, we all have different arise. We all have different things we worry about. You can tell, Jacob. <laughs> I understand. I understand. My hope is that we will get to the point where we grow green peppers, green chili, and red yeah. peppers, and maybe we will cross that bridge at some point. Uh, okay. Um, or, or we'll have to explore. Maybe we need to consider these things in the future. But we did find out that if we are successful, we get to the point we're harvesting peppers, that the crew will get to eat some of them. So we're really there you go. Very that. cool. Yeah. Jacob, uh, we get lots of questions. Uh, you know, people call us with challenges that they're having growing, like their their lettuce or their or their peppers and stuff. You don't have pollinators. We know that. Yes. Do you have diseases, and do you have? Oh, yeah. I don't guess you have pests. Oh, do you really? Um, you know, we tried to stick with uh, controlled environments, and um, well, keeping them sterile as much as we can. And we have to think about the International Space Station is a lab. It's usually a sterile lab, but we want to grow plants in that sterile environment. So there's a balance that has to be struck because. Um, Microbiology is just uh, comes along with growing your plants. It's just part of it. So we do sterilize our seeds. We sterilize the growth media. Um, uh, we sent everything up sanitized, and we do that here on the ground also. But you can see diseases with your plants, um, um, especially with watering and irrigation, which is the biggest challenge to growing a plant in space because water acts very differently when gravity isn't around. Um, and so we, we do occasionally see different issues with growing our peppers, or it's very public how the zinnias, we almost lost, we lost half of our zinnia plants to a fungi. Um, huh. And uh, in the end, we did get, you know, three healthy plants in, 
Scott Kelly harvested the, the famous Valentine's Day flowers, but, but it wasn't perfect. Um, and that's the way with biology. A lot what we see here on Earth, we also see it in space as well. So uh, okay. um, th that definitely is an issue. And what we try to do is try to control it as much as we can by sanitizing our equipment and the seeds and other things. But, but if you overwater your plant, you have standing water with nutrients over a long period of time, you're going to get algae growth or you're going to get different oh. things. And those are just inherent with growing crops. That's, that's just part of it. Um, well, people eat algae, don't they? I guess you could. You could. Yeah. <laughs> you could. And so, the whole, you know, if we could find a great thing to do with algae, we're really good at yeah. doing that. So, <laughs> Jacob, you, um, what's what's next on this? So, is there another after the uh, the pepper stuff? Uh, what what do you try? Sure. So, the PHO four is a technical demonstration. Uh, we haven't done a long-term grow out uh, at oh, this okay. length before. We've done 28 days growing a let growing lettuce, mizuna mustard, the, um, the the zinnias, and other things. But to do a long-term crop that flowers and fruits, we're aiming for 120 days. It's the first time we've done it, so we're just okay. are demonstrating right now. But if that's successful, then that opens the door to other things. And so maybe down the line, the next pH experiments, maybe we start thinking about doing tomatoes. Uh, or, or, or a vegetable or, or other things. So this is the gateway plant in the gateway grow out. If it goes well, um, then we have the green light to say we can do a long-term grow out. We can put in either self-pollinating or, or pollinating flowers, um, and, and maybe we can try other things, and that's, that's the hope for the future. Can we have some say-so in which tomatoes get tried? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you. Um, if we could get you the are, seed. Are, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the, um, it's, the right per, it's the right cultivar for the job. And there is a scientific process that we do called crop selection where we evaluate all of these different varieties in a controlled environment to see how they behave. So if you have seeds, I will certainly add them into our grow-outs to see what happens. Do they have to be heirloom, or can they be hybrid? They can be hybrid. In fact, the pepper Ooh. that we're growing now is a hybrid. Uh, the, the, the pepper that's growing in space currently is a hatch variety, but it's a hybrid with the traditional New Mexico pepper called the Española pepper. And uh, okay. um, the reason for that is Española is in the northern part of the state in the Rocky Mountains. It, winter comes sooner to them, and so that pepper variety has to mature faster before winter. And the cross between those two peppers meant that we gained, you know, 15 to 10 to 15 days of less crew time because the pepper matured faster. And uh, so the, the Espanola improved that we're growing in PHO4 is a hybrid pepper, and we certainly do grow different types of hybrids. Very cool. Anything else, guys? I, I, got, I got one that I doubt he's going to be able to answer. Uh-oh. Is there a goal in mind of how many cubic feet you would need to grow fruits and vegetables to support one astronaut? Oh, that's that's a wonderful question. Uh, I, I'll have to say that I have a, a minimal answer for this because I, I did, in my student years, I, I, uh, was, I was able to be involved in the NASA Big Idea Challenge, and we submitted a proposal to make a greenhouse on Mars using a controlled environment to grow plants for our crew members. 
but how much space do we need to be able to support that crew member or even a team of four? Uh, and so just a very rough estimates without going into what you're growing, the type of plants you're growing and how much, it, it's, it's estimated to be 40 meters squared to support one astronaut or one crew member of various types of crops for them to, to, be, to survive off of. And that's just an right. estimate that, you know, that the academic world has came up with in a thought experiment <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> well, we, we definitely have some ideas of uh, some vegetables that you ought to try. Yeah. <laughs> did, I would did love you... to hear about it. I would okay. love to hear about it. Absolutely. Did you, did you ever meet a guy named uh, from Texas A&M in, te- yeah, in Texas uh, named Dr. Drews? I have he... not had the honor. He, well, he he's a he's was a professor at A and M, and uh, he worked on the NASA thing, uh, space shuttle or whatever, uh, space station uh, uh-huh. for year for when it first started. That's been twenty years ago. Yes, and you know that's a good point. Space biology, yeah. plant space biology, has been a part of NASA since the very beginning, and the saying was. Uh, this goes back to when Werner von Braun came, uh, you know, to the United States and started creating the, the, the rocket uh, program. Um, they launched, actually, they launched some of the first rockets out of the White Sands Missile Range. They're, they're in southern New Mexico. Um, and the saying was, seeds don't weigh anything. Let's launch them. So since the 1940s and 1950s, we've been launching seeds into space, you know, Sending them up there, letting get them get exposed to maybe more radiation, bringing them back and see what happens kind of thing. And then over time, we've evolved to be able to grow more and more plants. During the shuttle era, uh, we did have a unit called the plant growth unit. And you were able to grow, I would, I would call seedlings in there, but maybe short-term grow outs of, of different types of plants, maybe 10 days or 14 days. But we weren't to the point where you could pick something and eat it and harvest it from it. And it wasn't until now that we got into the International Space Station era and then veggie where we were able to grow a crop. Um, Of course, we have to grow that crop and then do an extensive food safety analysis before the crew was able to eat it. But uh, by that time, we were able to grow a lettuce, leafy greens, and then have the astronauts eat some of it as well. So it has evolved over a very long time um, but it's just over the last few years, the advancement of technology, LED lighting, controlled environments that has really pushed plant-based biology into the next level. And uh, I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jacob, tell us how you – we only got a couple minutes left, but can you tell us sure. how you got there? Because it's a, it's a real inspirational story. Are you comfortable bragging on yourself a little bit? Oh, uh, sure, sure. I'll talk about it very quick. You know, I'm from – a community, a, a traditionally farming community in northern New Mexico called uh, Española, New Mexico. And um, it, uh, I guess, you know, just like any community, you have your issues and stuff along the way. And I was no exception. I wasn't a great student in high school, and I didn't go to college right away. But after working in the field, doing so many jobs for a while, I realized that education was going to be the way that I was going to propel myself. So at 27, I uh, started at a community college in northern New Mexico. That turned into a scholarship that sent me to New Mexico State University, where I was an Aggie. Um, uh, I graduated there with an engineering degree, 
I got to work in the industry, and that presented an opportunity to go to Purdue University. So I went to Purdue. I started doing research on a, a system called the Botanical Air Filter. It's a bio wall that uses plants to filter air. And all it is is a controlled environment. And when I applied for this uh, internship with NASA, I applied for an internship with NASA. They saw that history that I had worked on the Botanical Air Filter and then uh, worked in New Mexico. They gave me a call, gave me an opportunity. I did one internship. It went so well. I did a second internship. It went really great. And then at the end of the second internship, a full-time position opened up. I applied for it. And here I am, you know. So uh, it's, just, <laughs> well, it's just unbelievable. And I, I'm actually standing at the, in the space station processing facility right now. And uh, Very it's cool. just amazing that I get to be here. And, and it's, it's just this amazing, amazing story. Well, it is. And the one thing you're kind of leaving out, but too, is you were, you were not exactly encouraged along the way. Uh, there was a little discouragement of kind of, hey, why are you even doing this? You shouldn't even do this. And you just kept going ahead. Is that is that accurate? It's 100% accurate. It was a, a, I could say that the people around me didn't understand why I was on this educational mission and to pursue myself and to pursue this dream that I really didn't know what it was. Um, uh, but something inside of me told me just to ignore everybody and keep going. <laughs> And uh, good for you. So, it, good it, for I you. Guess it paid off in the end. It did. <laughs> well, listen, this has been a great interview and very fascinating. Uh, Jacob Torres has been our guest. Jacob, real quick again, if folks want more information, where do they go? The, maybe the Facebook page again or a website. You tell us. What's the best yes, place to yes. follow what the you're doing? Best place, the best place to go to see my updates and the things that I'm talking about with related to Space Chile and also to get involved. Anybody can get involved. Um, send an email to me and I'll send feeds to you. But the place to go is Facebook. And then the group is called Space Chili Challenge. So it's a Facebook group, Space Chili Challenge. And there you will find uh, my updates and the whole community of people who are growing peppers for research. Very cool. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. We sure enjoyed it. Thank you for thank having you. me. I appreciate it so much. You guys are awesome. I wish I could stay longer. <laughs> That's okay. No, we, we enjoy it. We'll, we'll talk again. All right. Okay, so we'll say cool. goodbye for today. And uh, we'll take a break right now. Uh, and uh, get your questions in just a second. I think uh, we're talking Crawford lettuce in space. This is exciting. Well, that could happen. It could. That's one of the reasons I was asking about can we pick seeds. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll figure all that out. 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m. The Answer. Real quick, we'll talk about Deck and Patio Care. DeckandPatioCare.com is the website I want you to go to because Barry Hagendorf has been doing this uh, since the mid-'80s and is considered a national expert on staining and sealing and repairs of decks. Uh, has uh, always says it really can look new again, and you'll see it in the pictures. Uh, it really can look new again. Same place, same picture, uh, but one picture on the left-hand side is gray and dingy and looks sooty, and the other picture is bright and brown and looks great. So if you want to keep that deck looking great, if you want to uh, get it looking great again, you need to know this number, 210-822-9147, 210 9147 or the website I mentioned deckandpatiocare.com deckandpatiocare.com our number 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 so your calls are welcome we hope you enjoyed the interview uh, and uh, 
Say that number again. It's like 210-308-8867. You're right, Calvin. 210-308-8867. Lewis is on the line. Hey there, Lewis. How are you doing today? How are you doing, guys? Doing great. About that, uh, about Lynn's legacy. Uh, Dr. Parsons said he was going to tell a story uh, a couple weeks ago about something in the botanical garden, and he never got a chance to tell it. And Lynn yeah, Lowry, what's was up a with very that? Yeah, he was a, he was a good friend of mine, and I just never oh. heard that story. Do you remember kind of the nature of the story? Who who was, was a good a, friend of him? Uh, Lowry. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Lowry. Lowry. Okay. Yeah, Lynn Lowry and I. But I've got a bunch of plans for him. Uh, Got a uh, e chain lemon, e chain potato. Grew at his mama's house, and we were we were just friends. And and when you said that name, it brought back good memories. And I just was uh, I well, I've got all kind of stuff that Lynn grew. <laughs> my place. Yeah. Did you ever go to Mexico outside. with him? Did you ever I go to Mexico with him? I, I had, my my kids were little then, and I just never had time to make it to Mexico. But he had a he was working on an Anderson Nursery there in Houston at the time at his right. Yeah, that's his. That's it. That was his daughter, right? Yeah, that was his daughter, and I used to, used to trade stuff out, and uh, uh, he uh, used to come to my place, and and you were going to tell a story about him at the botanical gardens, and like we used to hang out together a little bit, and and I just had never heard that story you're going to tell. It might have just been the story that, that was how, how many weeks ago? Yeah, you're. <laughs> It was Lynn's, uh, the, 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 Okay, basically, because Lynn Lowry would never saw a plant he didn't like. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was, I was driving with him one time. He was riding, in, he was riding in passenger seat. And all of a sudden he said, Jerry, would you pull over here just a minute? I thought he wanted to go to the bathroom. And uh, right. he walks out into the brush <laughs> and starts looking at these ugly brush plants. And I said, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, get back in here. It's hot. <laughs> and and uh, he said, well, this is a such and such. He knew all plants by their names, you know. Right, and uh, right. he, uh, he, w- he was just trying to impress me with a brush. Out in the garden. Oh, out in the, okay. in the air. But uh, he found and brought back uh, the first seed of Monterey oak. And, well, I didn't uh, know that. Oh yeah. Uh, and the collect. Guess where he collected them, Mildred? Monterey. Monterey. Mexico? There you go. Okay. Thank you, Trey. You pick it up on this stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> been around the show long enough. <laughs> and he also. Uh, brought by, I think it was from Monterey too. Uh, that Sinisa that uh, you've got Sinisa. for yeah. sale. Yeah. Uh, and it's some people think it's blue. Others, I've, I've heard that it's blue. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Others, I don't quite see the blue. <laughs> Other things it's, think it's a rich purple, a purplish blue. Yeah, but it's not the dark purple that we see in the wild. Right. Okay. It's very pretty, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. But it's yeah. been very difficult to get, and uh, I was blown away when I saw that Trace had found some in uh, New- Arizona. 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 But uh, he, the, the story that Paul Cox tells, told 
was that uh, he saw it. He saw that this is a different species, but he saw it growing along the side of a freeway, of a bridge on a freeway. And he pulled his truck or car over and leaned out the window. Oh, my gosh. And got cuttings. Wow. And when he saw something. He, nothing was going to stop him. Huh? <laughs> right, Kevin? When we see something, we're going to get it, right? Oh, yeah. You also sound like describing uh, Paul Cox. Uh, <laughs> Paul is notorious for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. But well, uh, you know that, uh, he, he brought back a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, he never would let us name him after him. Uh, and he was... <laughs> Dr. Warnock, who's a plant specialist of west of the uh, west of the Pecos River, and Lynn was the uh, plant person east of the Pecos. East of the Pecos. Okay. And when you had them both in the car, you, you had all the all wow. the native plant uh, deal, and uh, so uh, anyway, he was a neat guy and. Uh, his daughter, uh, then at that nursery you mentioned, uh, actually was the one that found uh, found this uh, dwarf Rellia. Hmm. Yeah, the Katie, Katie Rellia. Yeah. Yeah, Katie. Uh, yeah, that was named after Katie. 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 What was her name? Katie. Katie. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I think it was. Named after the road that the nursery does, Katie Road. No, he named it after he named it after Katie Ferguson. That was his good friend, and she had breast cancer, and that was her right. mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he Katie never would Ferguson. let us name. In, <laughs> he never would let us name anything after it. In fact, he got mad as hell when I told him, in my gentle way, uh-huh. that we were going to name this particular plant after him. And he, we were riding in the car, and he said, you can't do that. I said, hell, I can't. I said, sit back and watch. Oh, and he said, I won't call it that. I said, when we put it in the paper, on the radio, on TV, what are people going to use? Yeah. Lowry Legacy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he didn't speak to me for an hour or two. After. I don't blame him. That probably happens a lot, though. <laughs> Let's see, uh, some other stuff that he came up with. Yeah. I've got a, a complete write-up on yeah, him. Yeah, you should go read the write-up, too. On plantanswers.com. And okay. uh, do, do a search for uh, horticulture heroes. Or, okay. Or, or you can do just a search for uh, Lynn Lowry. All righty, Lewis. Yeah, that's a, yeah he, was a, he was a neat guy. I've got a, you know, he's... He had stuff there that, I mean, he had a pawpaw growing there in his nursery that's still people growing it to this day that's fruiting in the, I would say, the Gulf Coast area. He had pomegranates and, and <laughs> all kind of stuff that he was collecting that, you know, different varieties of things. He was he was definitely a collector. I said, I've still got his lemon tree and pomegranates. My realias and Katie's came from him, white, pink, blue. Yeah, he, he had quite a collection of things at the nursery. Nice, nice gentleman. All right. Thanks, Lewis. So, all right. Hey, I've yep. got going to be coming in. i got the white one. Uh, that's the one I'm going to be lining up. I'll keep you guys up to date next year how she does. Which one was that? 
You broke up. It's that white one. Yeah, they've got a white one that uh, they're trying to. It's a land race, you know. It's just one that a man has selected, but it's a white marlin. Oh, okay. Find up to get the get the couple of plants and try to keep the white marlins growing out of Louisiana. So I'll keep you guys updated how she does. Okay, thank you. Yeah, All Lynn was also. Lynn. We're, we're big Merlitton fans, thanks to you. <laughs> At least I am. <laughs> Lynn was also Thank the you. one that introduced uh, the Montezuma Cypress. Oh, is that right? Wow. Thanks, Lewis. All right, 210 308 8867 is our number. 210 308 8867. We should probably take a, a, an early break and get caught up. Uh, we went a little long. Okay, we're going to take a break. I know that. Cut the music. All right, back in a moment on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. We're getting uh, panicked calls. Uh, I, I just saw on the Internet people are leaving the uh, space program due to the fear of uh, rutabagas in space. And, yeah, uh, that would do it. <laughs> well, one good thing. There. I just wonder how they would, uh, you know, the, the root cellar. No. <laughs> oh, and the, yeah, that, that part. I don't know. Yeah. The, the space station root I cellar? I Jerry was going to be asking about the root cellar. <laughs> no, okay. The, the, the problem with that is uh, they have to grow things that the astronauts will eat. <laughs> That's the only pro- holdback on it. Well, I mean, yeah. well, they don't want them to gain excessive weight, though. That, yeah. That's true. Yeah, where, where are they going to get bacon grease and uh, <laughs> all that stuff you have to add to rutabagas to make them edible? I don't know. They're just butter. I wonder where they get butter from. I don't know how they'll... They could take... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we need to find out the recipes they're using. I, I can't imagine the Carolina Reapers. That was just... Oh, oh yeah. yeah they, they, they better look into that restroom thing. Yeah. All right, 210, there's your Moy Grande, I think, right? Yeah. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Practically sells itself with that big old bloom on it. Yeah. See, that if you look at the petals on that flower, yeah, they're separated. Right. Petal, petal. Mr. Moy had one that he never would let me release. Hmm. Well, I, I had tr- more trouble rooting it than we did Moy Grande. And uh, it had complete, more like the uh, tropical. Yeah, yeah. is it tropical it, complete? Yes, some okay. of them are. Okay, most of them are. Okay, but uh, and they came out of the same cross as Moore Grindley did. So, uh, all right, the phone number again: two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Neil got some beautiful pictures with his his uh, column. Okay. They're, they're stock photos, and there's a real good one of goat heads. Oh, the uh, we talked about that. Yeah, uh, obviously he didn't know where to find goat heads to take yeah. a picture. Why? This is not his picture. Oh, okay. It's from a stock photo. <laughs> And it said, goat heads are weeds with spines strong enough to puncture vo- volleyballs and bicycle tires. Yeah. That's what it is. 
usually talk about it. A broadleaf weed killer containing 2,4-D can be used against them if they are actively growing, although it's best to do so before August because they start going dormant. Mm. And it's got a beautiful picture in today's paper in Cal, uh, Neil's article. And he also has a, a beautiful picture of a re-sprouting fig. And a lot of people are seeing this happen. And with the dead sticks or stems oh, yeah, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. And the, the new growth coming from the bottom. And, and, and on that note, my... Uh Fig is uh, that it's the first time I've ever had this happen. That second crop is is uh, ripening, <laughs> and in fact, Bart and his wife are over getting some. Uh, they're they're fill of the the figs from it. Okay. So the the conditions have been if they escape the freeze, mm-hmm. the conditions have been right for oh, yeah. a large, a huge uh, oh, yield. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's got a picture of the sprouts on there that I can identify what fig this is. Wow. It's brown turkey. turkey. Okay. Brown turkey. Because it's got a leaf, a split leaf that looks like a turkey foot. See yeah. You see them right there? Yeah. And this is brown turkey and uh, lemon fig that we used to sell are uh, the only plant, only figs that will freeze back to the ground and produce figs the next season. Most other figs, uh, if they freeze back, it's going to be a year before they have any any fruit on them. And uh, so uh, <laughs> Neil's got a picture of uh, also a stock photo. A monarch caterpillars feed on milkweed, which is in short supply. I no, think that's that's with my article. Oh, is that with your article? Yeah, no, so Calvin has a beautiful picture. The second it's, it's ha- the second just, half of my article is uh, on the uh, effort by area gardeners to uh, help the monarch population survive. Um, and milkweeders. Hmm. Milkweed is in short supply. Have you ever been up up north, out west, where it's all in the ditches and fields and everything else? Yeah, but that doesn't Goat make head, it doesn't kind of, make any di- difference if the if the monarchs are not flying there. They're, well, the majority of the population is down further to the east along the freeway, where every where everybody and the farms where everybody is wiped out. The, but you know, of course, that's the that's the challenge there is because they uh, they cover a huge area and they've got to yeah. be the, if the weather conditions are over a large area, then it wipes out huge numbers of uh, monarchs. Okay. Uh, yeah, an- yeah, antelope horn and uh, yeah, midnethery used to bring me. That antelope horn milkweed seed, and uh, I don't think she had much luck in propagating, growing it. You know, from oh, the seed. Oh, Yeah, from the seed. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the issues. That's why we're one of the reasons why we rely on that tropical milkweed. It's so much easier to grow. 
I was <laughs> I was uh, amused by the guy from the Space Center uh-huh. uh, talking about the first plant they planted up there was zinnias. Yeah. You think Calvin got a hold of them? I'm wondering there? about that. That's mighty coincidental, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just... You know, you just uh, can't go wrong by planting no. <laughs> zinnias. They're, they're an all-star plant. You name the the cause, and the zinnias will contribute to it. <laughs> they're very giving plants. Yeah. I thought, though, when he started his spiel that he w- was going to ignore Milton's questions about the zinnia. <laughs> oh, okay. no. Yeah, he kept going quite a bit before he got to zinnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, okay. they, they switched to... Uh, <laughs> Growing edible crops. Yeah, they they went from learning in, what was it, plant something, P-O-4 yeah. or something, plant, uh, yeah, P-H, Cal- P-H-O-4, <laughs> anyway. Kevin said, uh, deadheading or, and or cutting zinnia blooms for bouquet, bouquets opens the garden soil for germination of new plants that can bloom as long as the weather stays warm. Often until after Thanksgiving. Now, that uh, zinnias, I don't remember doing it, but uh, they're pretty good cut flower, aren't they? Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah well, I wonder how long they last in a vase. Hear that, Mel? Vase. I know, very sophisticated. It's hard for a Tennessee boy to say that. I, yeah. At least a week. At, at least a long. week, yeah. yeah. And I imagine if you <laughs> recut them periodically, it's all the they can still uptake water they'll last quite yeah. a bit longer i think uh, yeah i think some if they're care- people are careful about bouquets and uh, yeah that you, you can get uh, you might be able to get two weeks out of yeah them. and remember remember according to jeremy's uh science fair project ice cubes <laughs> well uh filtered water uh when he he, he had several different cut flowers in filtered water. Oh, that helps. And uh, of course, we cut it, recut them from the bottom, like you know, like you do roses, uh, several times. But we didn't realize we were extending the life of those things because of the filtered water. Hmm. So uh, that makes a makes a big difference in all. You uh, think it's because cut. it clogs the yeah. vascular system? Yeah, I imagine so. Because we had a control that was in filtered water, and then we put the plant, the cut flowers, in a treated filtered water. And the control outlasted the treated oh, filtered okay. water. Makes a tremendous difference. So don't be throwing all that, uh, pouring all that uh, uh, bottled water away. No. Because that's probably been filtered a little bit and uh, doesn't have as much calcium as our Who's throwing bottled regular water? Regular water. Oh, people, some people only use three quarters of a bottle. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Haven't you seen people like that? Bottled water sitting around? I'm too frugal. Three quarters. Oh, half oh, yeah, just come to my house when you have guests and. Yeah. And they take a couple of drinks and, yeah. and then stay sits there. There you go. Uh, and Calvin put a good deal in here about uh, peach trees. Decide whether to fertilize your peach trees in the fall based on 
the new growth situation for the sister, uh, season. Now, what he's talking about, uh, new growth, is year, that same year. And most of the time, it's got a red tinge tint to it and smooth bark. The older wood uh, is kind of brownish gray and rough bark. Uh, and it's easy here to uh, overlook that you know, a, lot, a lot of uh, backyard trees do not do a good job of uh, putting new growth on in the fall. If you're, you know, if they're typical caliche and rocky soil. Oh, yeah. To decide whether the peach trees look this fall, look at the new growth. If the new stems are 18 inches or longer, there's no need to fertilize until next spring. If there is limited growth, apply one cup of slow-release lawn fertilizer, 1959 which is on sale here now, uh, per inch of tree diameter in August now. And uh, people don't think about fertilizing the trees in August after the blooms are gone and the peaches are gone. But uh, this is probably the most important thing to rejuvenate the trees that you might want to try. It's easy to wait too long, too. Oh, yeah, because it's still... I bet it still has to have leaves on the tree. Yeah. And we, let's see, we always target November. Let's see, is it November 1st we target for our... Uh, Leave, uh, uh, spray the... Spray For spray the leaves copper. to come yeah, off? Yeah. yeah, copper. So you got... I guess you got, I guess you got September, but uh, yeah. be, be, sooner the better. <laughs> and like we said, the fertilizer is on sale. The the 1959 slow release fertilizer is on sale, which is what you can use for your garden and uh, yes. fall you can, garden and everything. You can use winterizer too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, the one the one thing about a, a permanent tree is that it'll eventually, I mean, uh, be pretty use uh, efficient in terms of using up that nitrogen. Yeah. Apply the fertilizer over the root area which is the outside of the tree, mainly. Uh, so anyway, some good t- tips there. And, uh, oh, Calvin got a, <laughs> a request. You're not going to believe Didn't you come up with a, who came up with the name Potty Gardening? No, Patio, yeah, I did. I thought you did. I saw that. Well, let's talk about that tomorrow because we don't have, well, we, we're out of time. And that's an important topic. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today, but we want to thank our guest, uh, Jacob Torres, who came on. We want to thank you for listening and all the, the calls we got. Give us a call tomorrow. Be a part of the show. Or come on by and visit with us at Mill Burgers at 1604 and Bull Road. Thanks to Barry back at the station doing a great job getting all your calls on the air. Guy's heading where? He's in a rush to get to his uh, the accident. Yeah. And uh, we will say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. See you tomorrow on 9.30 a.m. The Answer.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.